Welcome to the Three Thirds Mike One Third Scouts podcast. It is episode number 46. I'm joined by my fellow podcasters, Mr. Ross Smith and Mr. Simon Mann. How are we both? Whoa. Well, it's been, I mean, it's been a tough week after a long weekend, hasn't it? It's, yeah. It's, now, uh, now we're doing emergency morning podcasts. I know, it feels I'm, I'm not, am I still actually laying in bed? <laughs> 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 it's the only it's the only place that I can guarantee uh quiet from the kids. So I've I've not left the bedroom yet. So they don't currently know I'm awake, so I'm hoping they don't burst in midway through. But yeah. <laughs> well, I did contemplate doing this in the car because I thought I might have to just go and sit in the car just so that they don't they don't barge into one of the rooms that I'm currently sat in. Yeah. So I'll tell you what I have been enjoying. Like I to take my mind, we've watched a lot of We've been watching a lot of films. We had a lot of movie nights recently. So we've, we've finished all the Harry Potters now. The kids are all up to date on them. Um, so that was nice. And then we, we watched Pirates of the Caribbean last night. Which you don't realise is actually quite a good film, isn't it? The first one. Oh, yeah, yeah. From, from way back when? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The very, the very first one. So we watched that last night. The kids struggled with the plot a little bit. Apart from that, it's all right. I'll tell you what does make me laugh, though. Whenever, um, like, obviously in the last few Harry Potter films, I forgot how many people just die. There's a lot, <laughs> there's a lot, of, there's a lot of death that goes on. Uh, so when you're trying to explain, like, you go, oh, what's just happened to him? And you talk to Teddy, and he goes, oh, he's just died. Like, a bit like empathetic, like, sounds sad. Luke, what's <laughs> just happened to him? He's dead. <laughs> no emotion, just yeah, he's dead. Let's get on with it. <laughs> but yeah, other than that, I mean, are, I, you, that, are that... you worried that, that Luke might end up getting sent to Slytherin if he goes to Hogwarts? Well, <laughs> I mean, he has got his, his, his mean streak, hasn't he? I don't think he's he keeps claiming he wants to be in Gryffindor, but I'm not seeing it at the minute. I think the side. <laughs> We'll see right that will decide, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's anyone else been up to? Well, I put I put in the group yesterday that we, we went to golf yesterday and a very eventful day at the golf. Oh, they were new pictures. They were new pictures. They weren't even old pictures. Oh, wowee. So I, <laughs> I assume they were just the old photos. No, they were new they were new photos. Oh well explain away then. <laughs> But we, we originally weren't even going to go. So we both, uh, Grayson, uh, Grayson um, and me had our haircuts yesterday. So we went, um, we thought, oh, we, we didn't really know what to do in the afternoon. So I thought, well, we'll go to town. So I think if we're going to go and play golf, then we, we might as well go and play it today. We, I'm potentially going to take them to the pitches to go and watch um, the new bo- Boss Baby. But we ended up just running out of time. So I thought, we'll have to get back, we'll have to get back for Esme. So I thought, oh, we'll just go and play golf instead. So um, it was incredibly busy. Now, normally, we've got the lay of the land. We do pretty much whatever we want, whenever we want. <laughs> we were very much held up with la- rather large groups of people. So, um, Did they not realise who you two were, either? No, no. I mean, I mean, the, Grayson walked in and went, we pretty much went, where's my name gone off the wall? I was like, mate, well, first of all, it was September. It's now October. <laughs> and you, oh, and my you got, name will still be there. Yeah, and you got 57. Which is which is not quite, which is not quite a top score. 
Um, or as Grayson put it in golf in terms of Nana, that's how old Nana is. So Grayson's Grayson got Grayson tried to get Nana to go to golf. So, um, but yeah, we were so Ash, Ashley came. So we were we we were we took a little bit longer than normal. Um, and then there was a group in front of us that I feel had never been there before, um, who decided to keep adding their scores up whilst they were stood on the current hole that they were on. So rather they played the hole, they were just stood holding the groups up behind. Poor etiquette, that, isn't it? Flat, yeah. Um, and obviously a lot of kids there, cause it's quite an interactive bit. Like, as soon as he got to a hole where, I don't know, the tree turned into a, a screen or eyes lit up, like, kids would just stand on the green in front of where you were playing. It's like, no, you can't, you can't really stand there. I need, to, I, need to hit, I need to hit this shot. So it took a little bit longer than normal, and we got to the end. Um, I think because it took so long, Grayson, by the time it got to like the whole 13, Grayson was just getting bored because we, we were just taking forever. Um, and then we got to the end, um, and I was explaining to Ash, I was like, well, you, just, this, you just have to hit, try and get it in, into the middle. So Grayson goes first as normal, and Grayson somehow manages to not only get it into the middle, but hits the board at the back, then it bounces forward and bounces into the middle. So Ash looks at me, and I was like, I don't, I don't know what to tell you, he's very good at this hole. <laughs> this, is, this is not the first time this has happened and then almost looks at me to go well I'm expected to get this in now because the six year old's just got it in I was like yeah that's exactly how I felt last time as well <laughs> so Ashley has a go doesn't get it in and then by this point because it is so busy and there's two there's two two like courses emerge onto one like other people have come off the other course now and are waiting to go on the 19th hole and I'm like also, oh, a crowd is built. A crowd is built. And How then, big was the crowd when they saw Grayson do uh, it? Um, I think there was about four people there. Was the did they say crowd? Did they celebrate? Were uh, they in, not, were they in, stood there in wonder as, as much as Ashley was? Or I think they must have been new because I don't think they knew what the scenario was. Because I think the group the group that went before us didn't realise that you didn't get your ball back. I think the idea was that they thought that the ball would just come back and then they'd take the ball over to the counter and give the ball in and the club in, but that's not how it works. You hit the ball in there, the ball stays in the 19th hole and then must be through some sort of system. Obviously, the, the players get it back or they go and collect them all at the end. I've no idea. But they'd not realise that. So there was a lot of looking around going, where's the ball? Like, how, What do we do? Um, anyway, they totted off. Um, and then by the time, I mean, I, said, I put the ball down. There must have been about a crowd of about 10 people there. Straight in, straight in, as good as you like. I was like, "Oh, thank you very much." <laughs> did you act natural, or did you? Yeah, I, was, I, actually, actually, I think Ashley gave me a look, and I was like, "Yeah, I've done that before." And then just walked over. <laughs> <to> the- <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's not uh, I don't I, I, like. If I would imagine, if you, it's not like hitting the winning shot in the Ryder Cup. There isn't like thousands and thousands of people waiting no, for you. No, and no, no. I know. I'm, no, I'm going to stop to this, Cheddar. Do not play down your achievement. I think it's right up there. I think, I, I think it's rock hard. And with a crowd as well. But, I mean, obviously, the, the hole and stuff like that, because it obviously knows that something that's gone in the middle, it, it plays a, plays a or well done, or whatever he says. Or that was, I, I can't remember even, I can't remember what yeah. he said. But you can just go over to the desk and just go, oh, I've got, we, we got two, we got two holes in, in, in the 19th, and just give you cards. So I feel like, that sometimes I go over and I go, really? Does it, I don't. I really don't <laughs> think you did. So it's, it's like you have to. I, I, you almost don't want to overplay it and think, no, I really, really did do that. They just give you. They just. They just give you two cards from under the counter. But I'm like, 
so that someone doesn't come out and shake your no. hand, congratulate no. you, present them. No, you got like on. Yeah, <laughs> you, you know, like when you're in a restaurant, it's your birthday, and you've loads of people coming around clapping, singing song. That is what I want to happen at the golf. There's enough people behind that counter for them to come over. A couple of people start singing, like shake your hand and give and give you what give you a green jacket, but they don't do that. Ah, maybe they should get a like a, a, a VR version of. Yeah. Wow. No, you still there? Hey. Yeah, hello. Oh. oh yeah, you're still there. Oh I've yeah. never met anyone who's actually the night like because it's like they're all over, aren't they? The free game, like hit it in the hole and you get a free game. Oh yeah. I don't think I've known anyone to do it. And then to do it you just seem to do it for fun. You and yeah. your six year old son seem to do it for fun. Well, I, I mean, to be fair, this is a good two years in the making. So, like, if you give Grayson two years to do anything, he's pretty good at it. Like, he's pretty good at building Lego. He's pretty good at Harry Potter quizzes. Give him a couple of years at anything, and he'll be absolutely fine. All right, but why isn't that a family trait? When are we going to get good? When are you going to get good at podcasting? Oh uh, well, I may, may, maybe double that. Maybe the older you get, the, uh, it stretches a lot longer. Yeah, so maybe, maybe in four years' time. Oh, you back, Ross? Yeah. <laughs> Don't know what went on then. Anyway, carry on. Probably missed some. What, what we what what we what we on now? What we're talking about now? Well, I've not really got much to add on. on I've had a pretty dull week. I've been I've been working a lot. The most exciting thing that happened to me was was getting a new credit card, and um, NatWest just sent it out. But it's just like I think it's a horrible like mint green colour. My other one was kind of like blue and, you know, fade into the background. Now it's, I found mine's very, very garish, the colour. But I don't know, I mean, can you get a new, can you, like, they didn't ask me what colour I wanted. And now I'm, get, I'm stuck with this one. Can only get a design on it. Well, yeah, I must think Linda said this, but I don't want to pay money to get a design. I just want, I, what I want is my credit card to be very uneventful. Uh, I want the, I was... the stuff I pay for to be eventful. Well, I was going to say you can uh, you can send it off. I've seen it on TikTok this company. You can send send your card off, and they will make you a gold version of your card. See, I'm so, not a flash guy. I mean, maybe <laughs> maybe I get the three thirds man, one third Scouse logo on it. <laughs> well, I mean, if that's if I mean not to not to rank how great our weeks have been. Oh, but I yeah, feel like no, I feel no, like no, you're. No. I feel like your story should have gone first, Simon, in terms of well, the excitement. Well, I'd like, like, like to see good ones go first. The other thing, I went for dinner around her friends, and he's got a, he's got a two-year-old, and he told me they'd just rent her toys, and she's got some good stuff. A rent like, the toys? Yeah, yeah. That sounds like a right good business. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then, um, you know, every sort of few months or whatever, they, they get a new set of toys. Yeah. Well, it's... it's like I thought you two would be all over this. I'd... Oh, this is completely new to me. <laughs> I don't like <laughs> Yeah, yeah. They just, they just rent them and then so you get a catalogue and you choose what you want. And then, yeah, but you can, um, if you really like something, you can buy it outright. But uh, but they never do. They'll just rent them. 
Because she's always getting bigger and into new things, I guess. Oh, well. It's a bit late now for me. I've got a treasure trove of useless toys that I've accumulated <laughs> over the years. Well, <laughs> I mean, what we need is a, a probably a board game situation for you, don't we? We haven't talked there, about that yet. There is board game rental places. That subscription, so you rent, they send you every every month or so, they send you a new board game out. But yeah. Oh yeah, I went on to went to my board game night, didn't I? Yeah. Forgot about that. That was a, a very, very enjoyable evening. Turned up, there's maybe about 15 people came in total. Um, big cross-section of life. And uh, yeah, played a game. Won. Never played it before. Won. Um, so we have, I, took a, I took a little card game because I thought I need to take something just to show that I know what I'm doing. I had a quick game of that, didn't win that. And then we played this other like social deduction game, which basically I was sat around a table with seven strangers after a few drinks, just shouting at him, I think you're a liar. No. <laughs> and pointing, pointing at people's faces. Yeah, it was quite fun. So, so yeah. what's, the, what's the etiquette? Does someone go, right, I'm going to start this game. I need six years. Yeah, basically. Or do you, well, you, you fall up and go, have you got room for another one? How does it work? So basically, there's a Facebook group. So you can, and they, they create events on Facebook. So you can't, you kind of know half know who's going, and then on the chat before and people will say, "Oh, I'm going to bring this game." Thinking of starting around this time, if anyone wants to come, blah blah blah. You put your name down. So some are pre-organized, um, but then yeah, it seems to be just that whoever was there, it got to the time, and then it was just like, "Right, going to play this. Who, are you fancies it? This, yeah, I'll do that. No, I'll do that." So yeah, basically, it's just someone holds a game up. Anyone fancy playing it? Go and play it. And then they all took roughly about the same time. So you never sat around long before another one's been suggested. I was going to say, because notoriously, notoriously, you have board games that last for days. I'm pretty sure yeah. you can't be sat for the days. That... <clears throat> Is there a bank holiday weekend special when you all camp yeah. in? Well, I look back at their previous events and they did do an all-day all day event one, day, one time. So I'd be very up for doing that again. But yeah, that was, that was really good. Does it night. take over the whole pub, or is it like no, you guys so one corner? Yeah, one corner. So you know, like older pub, they tend to have the tend to be split off into the rooms, and it basically it's got like a, a room reserved, and then they, <coughs> and then you, they just go in there. But apparently, the week, the month before, and they had loads of people turn up, and they had to spill out into the. But that's only because they had there was free tables in the pub that they could do that. So they have they have reserved tables, and then. And then quite handily, the guy runs a tab for you, an individual tab for you, and then he, he keeps popping in and asking you if you want a drink, so you don't really have to go to the bar either. So you get tables. Oh, so. That's a dream scenario for you. Yeah, it's good. It's good. So I really enjoyed that. Yeah. So definitely going back again. And then what? Well, then on that was on the Wednesday night. And then the Thursday last week was the first day I had no kids because um, Jack was in nursery and Teddy and Luke were still in school. So then I went to the cinema straight away in the morning, half past nine, after I dropped Teddy and Luke off at school. And I went and watched that June um, at the IMAX, which was good. Any good? Yeah, it was, it was all right. I didn't realise it was split up into parts. Um, so I only watched part one. Oh. And, and then I found out afterwards there's no actual, like part two hasn't even been confirmed whether they're going to make it yet. Um, 
So I'm, I might have spent two and a half hours in the cinema watching a film that I'm never going to see the end of. But <laughs> uh, but then because I was in Manchester, I then went to the board game shop and because I've been to the board game night the night before, bought three new board games. <laughs> so, so yeah. But yeah, that, that was good. Good. Have you, have well, you when, been, have when you been to Sorry, Simon. Have you been to see Bond? No, not yet. No, I've been to see it. Yet. So I went to see Bond and, and I went... Uh, at, at the eleven o'clock showing in the Rock, and it, that early morning showing is quite nice, isn't it? Because it's, it's nice and quiet. Because I, I went to see Bond. It was like the Tuesday after it come out, so I was I was I didn't know how many people would be there, but you know you got pretty much a row to yourself. Yeah, it's good. I like early morning. Plus you're awake. Yeah, although the weird thing I found when I came, it, there is that moment when you then come out and you realise, oh, it's only two o'clock in the afternoon. Well, that's what we yeah, when I came out after watching June, like it was still dinner time, <laughs> like it was yeah. only just dinner time. I was like, all right, okay, but yeah, but I've done it before where I've gone for an afternoon showing somewhere, then I've gone and watched another film in the afternoon. I've, I've crammed two in the day, and then I'm still done by three o'clock. God, you're, you're a big film. And uh, did you leave in between, or did you just sneak into another viewing? No, I, I snuck out. No, I didn't sneak out, I walked out, I didn't have to sneak out of the cinema. <laughs> I walked out, I got, I got a quick snack, just a quick bite to eat, and then went back in. So did you pay what? twice? Paid twice, yeah. yeah. Why? I did the socially responsible thing to do, Simon, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Well, good on you, yeah. You're, you're <laughs> standard member of society, I was just wondering <laughs> what your approach would be. Yeah. Anyway, shall we get on to the weekend? It's a good idea, I think. Well, for you, yeah. <laughs> yeah, great idea. Right, so we will we will talk about the football. I think there's only one place to start. Um, so obviously the the, the game on um, the game on Sunday, the, the Manchester United Liverpool game Old Trafford on Sunday. We will talk about that and all the fallout from that. Um, we'll have a short break um, and then we'll be back straight after this. Welcome back to the Three Thirds Mike One Third Scouse podcast, uh, and we will start with the big game of the weekend: uh, Manchester United nil, Liverpool five. Uh, <laughs> we made we made the decision. I'll I'll cover off what I cover off the Liverpool angle before we, before we begin the uh, the very intense conversation well, of what is going on at Manchester United. Well, I'll ask you, Chief. Obviously, you're very very happy. I'm, I imagine your emotions were. You were nerves quickly dissipated. I would say is that is that right? Um, I think I think even at I, don't, I just had this I just had this horrible for even at two 0 even when Jota scored the second goal I was like still a long way in this game to go and I, and I didn't think Liverpool played pretty well for the next fifteen minutes and United I think United had a, a couple I got through the our midfield quite quickly and I was like this is I don't want this game to end up being three all or four three or. And then I think I think when Salah scored, and then just before I, I was like, oh, I can I think I can relax for the second half now. And then just the, the more and more the game went on, like obviously this, the the goal straight after half time. Um, then I think Ronaldo's effort was obviously offside. Um, and then obviously Pogba getting. I think once Pogba got sent off, I could just as half an hour left now. There's there's not I don't think anything's going to change. I can I can relax and enjoy the rest of the game. And then we ended up keep, just keeping the ball for half an hour, but. Um, 
Yeah, I think I think a few people had mentioned after the game that Liverpool didn't play. And I don't think Liverpool played amazingly well. I think the one thing Liverpool did was put the ball in the net, and that's that was one of the big problems last year. I think in the I think in the big run from January to February to, to March last year, when Liverpool went on that horrific run, we scored I think one goal at home in six games. Um, we had forty nine shots on on target and only scored one goal. Whereas I feel like on on Sunday we had about seven or eight shots and scored five goals. So just that being able to put the ball in the net just makes so much so much difference to this team. Um, I was a little bit worried before the game started. Obviously, no Fabinho, um, and then Henderson, Milner, and and Kaiser starting in midfield, which is the midfield I believe that started in Madrid. Um, and you just the game started exactly the same way. Liverpool go to it quite quickly, and then it looks like the United could get back get back into it. Um, but just, we had a, we had a bit of luck, a bit of the rub of the green. Um, I thought Kaita played really well, um, kept driving the midfield forward, um, and then Henderson and Milner just kept it uh, really tidy. Um, and then the front three did what the front three do. Um, and then I thought Kanate did really well. I was going to ask, what did you make of him? Um, I thought he did really well. I thought the the chance, the Fernandez chance after about three minutes, obviously, which just came from, I don't really know what, his, his clearance when he was lying on the floor and he seemed to just kick the ball back to United. I thought that was a bit, it was probably just a bit of a nervousness, but um, he was obviously brought into the team because of the pace, um, probably Rashford and Ronaldo. Um, but I thought he did really, really well. I think the one thing that's probably did help him is he played at Old Trafford last year, I think, when you played Leipzig. So it wasn't like he'd just been lumped into playing United at Old Trafford. Um, he had played for us, obviously, earlier on in the season, I think second or third game. And I think he played one of the uh, Carabao Cup games. Um, so he, I think it was his third game of the season. So he, he's kind of just being brought in gently, but I think afterwards he didn't look out of place. Big lad, uh, big unit, was all right on the ball, was quite strong defensively. Um, and it, I mean, there wasn't really much else to kind of say about Liverpool. Really, it was just Liverpool just did the job that they they were they did, and um, but I never in my wildest dreams thought that it would ever be like that. Well, yeah, like you say, so. I mean, obviously the result will will go down in, but you you're not going to remember that game for Liverpool's performance necessarily, are you? No, I don't think so. I think I think if anything coming out of that, obviously Milner with a hamstring injury, um, Keiter obviously when when the when the Pogba tackle had happened, he'd come off, and um, I don't think Thiago's going to be back this weekend. I think Keiter is going to be all right, but Milner's now out. Obviously Elliot's already out. Um, Curtis Jones is just coming back. So, I mean, obviously the result masks a lot of things and not a lot of people are talking about that. But at the minute, and obviously Fabinho was ill. So, I mean, Jordan Henderson, by the end of that game, and Curtis Jones were pretty much the only fit central midfielders along with Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. So, we've, we've gone from having eight central midfielders back down to three. Now, some, some of them will be back for the weekend. Um, but that's the only part of, the, of everything that's just making me a little bit... Um, <laughs> A little bit nervous at the minute, but if they continue to play like that, then um, then 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 we should we should be absolutely fine. I think the other the other big thing, City played really well uh, at the first half at Brighton. Chelsea obviously won seven 0 at the first game of the weekend to so just put a little bit of pressure on Liverpool to go. Well, actually, if you, if Liverpool don't get a result this weekend, then those uh, City would have jumped back into second. Chelsea would have been, I think, three points in front or even four points in front. Um, so you just put that little bit of pressure on Liverpool to get um, to get a victory. So 
Um, and I don't, we've, I think we've got Brighton at the weekend and then we, we play Chelsea again in a few weeks' time. So um, we've played okay, three of Curtis Jones seems to have survived getting booted in the chest by Ronaldo two minutes before half <laughs> Yeah, I mean, funnily enough, the 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 fourth goal came from that from that because that's where the free kick came. The free kick came forward, and then obviously um, Salah scored just before half time. Yeah, so, right, do you want, um, mention Mo Salah? Do I say obviously the first visiting player to score a hat trick at Old Trafford since Ronaldo in the Champions League all them years ago? Yeah, I, I still find that I still find that unbelievable. I can't believe that nobody scored a hat trick at Old Trafford since then. Um, Champions League or, or, or in, in a domestic cup of, of of some degree, but yeah, I just think he was really clinical. I think that's probably. I mean, one of the things that he was in his first season was was really clinical, and I think um, there was obviously a lot of talk in the seasons before that that he, he was a bit greedy, he didn't really pass the money, um, and everybody else in the team, but. This season, he just seems to be on fire. And I think that's, that's actually the first Premier League game of the season he scored more than once. Um, but yeah, he just looks absolutely on fire at the minute. Um, a long, long way, absolutely a long way that continue. Best in the world at the minute? Um, I, I, mean, I think it's really close between him and Lewandowski. I think the problem with the German league is that there, is, there isn't the, the level of competition in, in, the, in the German league that there is in the Premier League. Um, I, don't, I think Lewandowski is doing exactly the same thing in, in Germany. I think he's scored practically every game this season as well. Um, I think it's very much between between them two. But at the minute, I would probably elevate Salah above. I think Lewandowski's had a much better year and I think he will probably end up winning the Ballon d'Or. But I think for the way that Salah started this season off, um, I mean, anybody would think that he's after half a million pounds a week. <laughs> so I've been fascinated by... The way Salah keeps going, oh well, it's out of my hands. I, I want to stay at Liverpool, but it's out of my hands. It's like it's very much in your hands. Like you can decide who you're going to sign for. If you want, yeah. <laughs> if you want, if you want, if you want to play, then then, then you just kind of not you not you have to take the offer that's on the table. Um, but obviously, that was the big thing before the game, and with with the way the game went, um, it will probably be another couple of weeks before that happens. But, yeah, it's very. I think that's the only thing at the minute that's kind of worrying what Liverpool fans in general is what is actually going to happen. Because the, the more you think that if they would have done this deal before the season starts, you probably could have got away with him being on maybe a hundred grand a week less. But the more and more he continues to do what he's doing and become the, continue this form of being the best player in the world, it's very difficult to kind of say well, you don't deserve to get this much money. Um, and he looks like he could go on to to play as long as Ronaldo obviously if he played another five years he would probably play a slightly different way for Liverpool the further and further he got into his career but he's got somebody down the east lengths to go well he he looks after himself and he's still playing at 36 at a high level then this is what I'm I'm in for the next four or five years so well how high a level Ross do you think Ronaldo's playing at? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) He, not very, to be honest. I, I'm really struggling to see. Uh, I mean, when we when he first signed, obviously, I remember saying that uh, I was initially happy because I thought we took him off City's toes, and then thinking about it logically, it's not the signing that we needed. And then I just think now, I don't. 
Yeah, he's. I mean, obviously, putting the ball in the back of the net is the hardest thing in football. So everyone knows that. And Ronaldo is very, very good at it. But I don't know. I don't know if we had this. If we had a problem scoring goals, anyway. I mean, tell me if I'm not. If we really need. I, I just don't know what he's adding at the minute to the actual team. I don't know. I don't know what what extra we get. What you can go. Oh, if we didn't have him in the team, we wouldn't be able to do that. That that's kind. Of, I I just think he's he's a real detriment to the to the team at the minute. I mean, you, do you think differently, Simon? Uh, yeah, I completely disagree. I mean, look, there's a lot wrong at United at the moment. But having a guy that scores every week isn't the problem. In fact, he nearly scored a you know he, he scored a goal that was offside against Liverpool. And you but know, he, he also missed one or two. Yeah, but I mean, he, look, he's the best striker in the league in terms of you know who do you want a chance to fall to. And I think there were like quite large chunks last season when Cavani was injured and suddenly playing Anthony Martial up front and he's always inconsistent the entire time at United. And, and I just think, you know, he's, Ronaldo is still probably in the top 10 players in the world. He's a driven winner. He's a driven professional. And he's good having those sort of people around. And I, I think your, your issue is you can you concede in five. And, you know, I wouldn't lay the blame at the guy at the top of the pitch for that. And, you know, I, we conceded two against um, uh, Atalanta midweek. I mean, this this result obviously has kind of you know, United have been kind of getting away with it for a while, and, and you know at some point we were going to get found out. And you know United are a mess at the moment, and it just teams just look like they're going to score against us constantly. And I don't think that's Ronaldo's sole problem. I mean, for me, we were. We weren't conceding. I mean, I know we we lost six, whatever it was, to Tottenham. But towards the end of the season, we weren't that bad defensively. Uh, and the, the back four hasn't changed. And the midfield two hasn't changed, which obviously it maybe should have. The one real thing that has changed, I mean, Sancho's not even playing, so we can't say that. Um, we can't say it's, it's him. Ronaldo's played pretty much every game, yet all of a sudden we seem to be be the easiest team to play through from the back, and I, I, to me, I, I mean, you can. These are like you, you said. He's he's driven. He's uh, wants to win. He's got this, all these all these things. But I, I just genuinely don't know if that's changed from. It's just all about the personal glory for him. He's not actually interested in the team. And I, I go back to. I just think. Well, he didn't look I, like he was enjoying it on Sunday, did he? I, look, I, well, I don't can. think he's looked like he's enjoying it for a. Yeah, but I, I, he's not enjoying it because he's not getting any of the ball. Well, give him the ball. I, you know, the guy's a genius. I just think... Yeah, I, I, I need go to, back to, Go on. Does he need to... I don't... This, this hole, he needs to play through the middle. I mean, because he didn't... He wasn't, he's not been there all season, has he? I mean, the, the, what is it? Was, when was the transfer window? Mason Green was started up front the first game. Yeah, and well, they Green, played really well. And then Ronaldo got signed, and Green has been shifted out. Yeah, so didn't Green? Didn't Ronaldo Green got signed after that international three games? Because you, yeah, because you we played three games by then, haven't we? Yeah, United yeah. won every one of those games. Well, yeah, we drew the last one before the international break, I think. But yeah, yeah, we'd had quite a good start. And Greenwood obviously was playing through the Greenwood was playing through the middle. I just think that. You, you, it's one of the, it's one of them things. I just feel like it's the Alexis Sanchez issue. 
if, when United signed Sanchez, you were like, oh, well, they've, they've signed such a good player. He's been, he has been a great player. He's not gone to City. We've managed to steal him off City's toes. I think, I think what you said yesterday, Ross, like on, on the group, you're right. People would, people would fall over themselves to sign Ronaldo. He's not at the end of his career. He's still got a good couple of years left in him. Um, it seemed like the great thing to do. The problem is, is that United aren't set up to play to carry to carry Ronaldo. I think if you just put him on the left, you put him on the left wing, and you do, and he would have done the job that potentially that that Rashford was asked to do on, on Sunday, and play Cavani up front to to give a bit of legs and to and to run around a bit at least for seventy minutes and then take him off. I just think that would have just helped massively, and then maybe even Sancho on the other side, and then just play with three midfielders. Just even if that if one of them has got to be Pogba or Van der Beek or anybody just to shore at the middle of the pitch. But the, United can't play on the counter attack when you've got more attackers. It feels like you've got more attackers than defenders. It doesn't make any sense. He's been added to the team. Ronaldo's been put in that team and will and basically been told that's where he's going to play. Greenwood's then shifted to the right hand side where you've just signed somebody for 80 million quid who's now sat on the bench and Greenwood doesn't play there. And then it seems to be that. Ronaldo's taken the position of the of a central midfielder, but you've not gone to like a four three three and just play Ronaldo up front, and you can just leave him. But you've got somebody else who's going to put the foot on the ball, which is I'm assuming is what Van der Beek could or could do, even if he's not going to be the best person to do it, or even play all three Fred McTominay and Matic, and just let and just let your fullbacks go. I mean, Wan Bissaka's not that great of a fullback, but Luke Shaw, my God, during the summer, everybody said he was better than Robertson, best in the world. But he doesn't seem to get above the halfway line in this team because he can. I mean, do you think he has to play every game, Simon? What the best, the best player in the team? Yeah, yeah, I would pick him. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't the team around him. I, you know, <laughs> yeah, but that's not long term, is it? That's not. A... Well, what do you mean long term? You just lost five nil. Yeah, you need to start thinking short term. You, if you sign Ronaldo. You're looking for an instant impact, thinking we might get two years out of him. You can't always be thinking long term. Yeah, but this is this leads back to the, the manner of the signing, doesn't it? The fact it was so last minute, so last last like, uh, like it came completely out of the blue. No one's expecting him to leave Juventus. Then he was all of a sudden up for sale. Right, fine. Yeah, I accept. If you're playing football manager and all of a sudden you hear Messi or Ronaldo available on the cheap, then yeah, you probably go and sign them. But well, that doesn't mean to say it's the best. That, that's not building a team around someone, is it? That's that's but, adding them in but and trying we, to fit um, them in. I remember when we signed Robin Van Persie. That happened right at the end of a transfer window. It was just a bit of an opportunity because he wasn't. He said he wasn't going to sign new contracts. Arsenal sold him for twenty million pounds. We signed Shinji Kagawa that summer. He was going to play like a number ten role. Ferguson saw the opportunity, signed Van Persie. Suddenly Kagawa's on the bench. Never really worked out from at United. Van Persie's up front. Rooney's going to play the number ten role. You go and win the league, and yeah. you know a top yeah. manager adapts to the situation, takes his opportunity. Yeah, but that's but, also uh, there's not many legendary managers out there like Fergie who, could, who someone Van Persie loves. Well, Fergie. there's a lot of really good managers out there. Liverpool have got a really good manager. City have got a really good manager. Chelsea look like they've got a really good manager. Oh, I, I don't disagree, but what I'm saying that it's a very different set of circumstances, isn't it? If I'm Percy coming in, if that was that was um, yeah. one real change as I opposed think, to. I, I think the t- I think the t- I think United's team was probably a bit a bit better at the time than there wasn't there wasn't so much uncertainty at the time that obviously that Van Persie came in. 
I think I think the other I think one of the big problems I think I think I know what you I understand what you're saying Ross about long term, um, but you then just go and sign. If if you brought in, is Harry Kane going to do anything different than Ronaldo? Is Harry Kane going to be the person that tracks back? So everybody wanted United to sign Kane, but I don't think Kane's going to be any different tracking back than Ronaldo. So that doesn't solve that problem. But then, but that's not that's not the issue for me though. I think I think there's, there's there's now a massive ego with Ronaldo, whereas I don't think a lot of other players will have this. I think Ronaldo is he's very selfish now. I think he's reached a point in his career where he just wants everything. To, he just wants to be remembered for being the best player in the world, which is absolutely fine. He's within, well within his rights to want to do that. That doesn't mean it's right for the team. I, I think Harry Kane wouldn't come in and have this big ego that he goes, I'm not going to work for the team. When Van Persie came in for Fergie, he didn't come in with this huge ego saying, I'm the best player in the world, I'm not going to work for the team. He, he still did what was needed for the team. I just think that's the difference. I think Ronaldo's come in and yeah, we've all lauded about him and he's got this winning mentality and he has won everything under the sun in the game and you can't you can't disagree with all these all these trophies that he's won and all these honours that he's got. Absolutely brilliant. But I think you've got to remember at the same time, most of them honours that he won, he won in a Man United team that started to build the team around him because they knew they had the time to, to be able to do that. I mean, when he first came in, they didn't lump him up front. He, he had to earn that He's played out wide and then he slowly, slowly built the team around him playing up front and being the goal scorer. Then, I mean, this is what really annoys me. Let's be fair, he goes on about coming home. He left Man United at the peak of his powers to go and win everything under the sun with Real Madrid for years and years and years. Had the team built around him there. So he, it could just be all about, it's basically the Cristiano Ronaldo show. And then he went to Juventus and then when he got to Juventus, yeah, they paid hundred million. So you'd think, oh, maybe they should have built a team around him. But then you've, it didn't really work out from them. They became worse because I just think he, 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 it's this selfish attitude of it's all got to be about me as opposed to the team. And I think maybe when Ronaldo was at Madrid, you could build a team around one player and get away and, and carry one player. But now in the, you don't, no one in the top sides in Europe has a player. Bayern Munich don't carry Lewandowski. Lewandowski works just as hard. Does Chelsea he? don't. Are you, are you saying Lewandowski doesn't work hard for the Bayern Munich team? He just stands around. And just... his jobs to score goals. Yeah. I don't think. I don't think Lewandowski has to. Pre- I don't think Lewandowski has to press um, in the same way that potentially Serge Gnabry. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think. I don't think Bayern Munich have that. Have that problem. Not when. I mean, I don't know how many goals he's, he's... I think he scored a hat-trick every time. I don't think Bayern Munich have the same problem that he would do if you were playing in, if you were playing in this league. I think you just I think you just have to adapt playing differently in this league than you would than you would do with a German league. I think if you... I don't know, if you were going to put... I don't know, three of the best European teams... in Three of the best teams in the world in one division, but you, you, you know, you're going to have to change the way... That you're going to have to change the way that you play. All right, you you tell me in the Premier League at the top teams which which play they carry and allow not to do as much work. No, I don't. I don't say that. I don't. No, but I, I think you're right. I don't think you can. I don't think you can afford to carry. But I, I don't necessarily think that it, in in the Bayern Munich team that they have to play the way that Chelsea United or uh, Chelsea Liverpool or City play in order to get a result. They've no, just I, got the best. No, they've just got the best I, players in that league. No, I agree. All right, but then when it comes down to the Champions League. You never, when you ever watch Bayern Munich, no one ever comments on Lewandowski's lack of work rate, do they? 
No, because when you're winning no. and scoring goals, people don't come on at your lack of work, work rate. Right, the Champions League. Yeah, well, they haven't won that recently, have they? Uh, you know, yeah, when was the last time they won it? Lewandowski's lack of work rate, did they? Yeah, because he's always scoring goals. If you score goals, people people let you off with anything. Oh, I, that, I, that... I, I don't subscribe to this idea that the reason United lost 5-0 at home, the reason United are in free fall, is because they signed someone who wants to be the best player in the world and wants to score goals every week. But but I, think, I think ways of playing football always come, sort of coming in and out of fashion. In the at the moment, the fashionable thing to do is to press from the front and all that. But it's not the only way of playing football. I think you, you still you can if you sort of build a team around him and get other people who are going to do some running around him. I, uh, I, I get, way I get. the best out of Ronaldo. The issue is that Maguire's bang out of form. Varane's injured. Our defense is just a mess now. The midfield setup just seems empty. And I, I think it all comes down to the manager. The manager's basically out of his depth. The manager, basically, Ollie's quite good at setting the team up to play on the counter. Um, We've now got a star striker who doesn't really suit that, and he's not able to adapt. But I think a top manager adapts. Well, I, I'm not I'm not taking any brain away from Ollie. I think Ollie needs to, needs to go. And I've said, I said, I've said this, I don't know if I've said it on here, but I've said it for you through me. Ollie's been great for the last few seasons, assembling this squad and doing what he had had to do with a limited squad. And like you say, setting him up on the counter because we had incredibly fast players that we could play on the counter. Worked against all the top teams. He, he, he got some good results. And then now he has assembled this team where maybe the onus has been on a bit more on the front foot, possession, like he said at the weekend, he needs to be on the front foot. Possession-based football, pen people into the box, Keep applying pressure, 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 pressure. All of a sudden, it's holes. The floodgates open, and he doesn't seem to know how to do that. He doesn't seem to know how to set the so team up. To we have the players in the squad currently that we could have played on the counter this weekend and set up differently. Say, so play yeah. Cavani, Lingard, yeah, we... and Sancho up front. Yeah, he could have done what he'd done in previous. So, in which case, it's all his fault. It's not Ronaldo's fault. No, but you. But then you're it's saying Ronaldo brave enough to do it, but, hasn't he? But then, does can you drop Ronaldo? Well, did well. That's on Ollie to do. If you win, it's fine. I, I always think if you win, people don't care what you've done if you've won. They'll go back and tear you apart if you've lost. And so, if Ollie win, if United, if Ollie drops Ronaldo, United win three 0 at home against Liverpool. People go, "What a brave decision by Ole Gunnar Solskjaer! What a great move!" Yeah, and then he drops Ronaldo, and they, they get beat two one. Then you look like an idiot, don't you? So well, he can't win either way, job. can it? Well, you can. You can win by winning. That, that's that, that. You either win or you you got it wrong. Yeah, but my I, look, I don't disagree that all these got it wrong. I'm not disagreeing with any of these facts. But I, I, I just don't so what, think. What would, your, what, what would your solution be from here? My solution. Well, you've got Ronaldo. I, my solution now is all these position is now untenable in, t- in terms of my head because he, he's basically. He's, he's backed himself into this corner that he's going to back Ronaldo to the hill. He's going to play him all the time. And that's just not going to work for him because he doesn't know how to do it. So because he's done that, he now has to go, essentially. Otherwise, he's going to he's going to end up just producing more and more of these lackluster displays where it's an attack and defence. There's no middle ground of, of midfields. So, and tactically, we'll be all over the show. I fully expect we'll get beat against Tottenham at the weekend because they're now... I know they got beat against West Ham, but they're not playing that badly anymore. They're not they're not shipping in goals, they're not looking absolutely terrible. 
they'll be more organised than we will and they'll probably beat us. If he doesn't go after that, then we've got Atalanta again, or is it Villarreal? I think it's Atalanta. We'll, we'll get beat against them. We got lucky against them the first time round. We're not going to get lucky again. So we're just going to keep producing more and more of these displays. So he has to go. And then what you have is a case of, well, who do you get in? Because, like I say, I think Ronaldo's ego, if it's not someone he respects, he's going to be exactly the same. He's going to walk all over them and he's going to, he's going to, someone's going to be inferior, inferior to him and he, they're going to, he's going to demand that he has what, to play. What they're going to play him. What does him walking all over them look like? Him demanding what? That the team it plays better? He has to play all the time. But it's not always yeah. in his best interest. Well, every player is going to demand they play all the time. I, I, I'd be worried about a player that turns up and says, I'm not that bothered about playing. No, I, I agree. But the, <laughs> there's ways of doing it, isn't there? This way, the, the, you can. You, if you don't play, you can be a big negative influence in that squad. And I think that very, I think that's very the very case. Well, yeah, well, you've, you've got a manager, haven't you? Manchester United are supposed to be trying to be the best team in the world, and you know, you need a manager who can who can deal with difficult situations. It's hard. Yeah, I, I, I look. I don't disagree. I, I agree you've got to manage all this and that, that's the job of the manager. And I agree that Solskjaer's not the manager, not the man to do that. But I don't know who you get in. And what I'm saying is, I think the man you get in that's maybe experienced enough that can tell Ronaldo to uh, might not be the best fit for United. And then you're stuck in the case of Van Gaal and uh, whoever at Mourinho that we've gone down. That, that's my point. I'm, th- I'm not just thinking, that. right, we've got Ronaldo now. Great, I think it was a bad signing. We've got Ronaldo now. We have to manage that. But I'm the next five, six, seven years of United, Ronaldo isn't going to be there. And then after that, where are we going to be in, after this two years of Ronaldo? We're going to be back to square one before Ollie because we're all praising Ollie for the job he's done in building something, getting a lot of the dead wood out of, out of United, bringing in some good young players and yeah, some experienced you know, talent. Five, six, seven years ago, if you go back five, six, seven years, we were signing the likes of Memphis Depay and Paul Pogba and going, yeah, well, in the future, these these might be some of the best players in the world. And, you know, it gets you nowhere, doesn't it? You've got, to, you've got to think about the here and now a little bit. Yeah, but we're, but signing Ronaldo wasn't going to suddenly turn us into a, a title-winning team, was it? Well, look, I think if you finish second and you think, well, we'll add Ronaldo to that, it's fair to expect they'll do better than they have done previously. Um, and we're, I think, we're objectively I think... getting worse. I mean, uh, look, deep down, I think we all knew, well, all along we've always known, Ollie's a nice guy, but he's a bit out of his depth managing at this level. And there was a really long time when Maurizio Pochettino was available and we didn't go for him because Ollie's never done so badly that you could sack him. And now he's at PSG. Now Tuchel's at Chelsea. You know, now a lot of the top managers have kind of been taken up a bit and all of a sudden Conte's the one who's out of work and doesn't really feel like the perfect fit for United for a few different reasons. And it's either him or, well, Zidane's ruled himself out already or you have to try and get someone from a top club. And, and I'm not sure that's particularly easy to do at the moment. No, I, I, I agree. You know, but at the same time, I wasn't, I wasn't advocating for sacking Solskjaer and getting Pochettino in was available. So I'm not, I'm not going to say that, that I wanted that. I, I thought at the time Ollie was doing a good job and you could see signs of improvement and what we were trying to build. But at the same time, if we would have trained structurally and got a director of football in that could have oversaw, um, 
oversaw transfers and a, and a bit of a vision for the squad, Ollie would have been perfect for that two or three years ago to then get Pochettino in. So we've done loads of things wrong in terms of how we go about stuff. I don't necessarily know whether I think I just I just come back to the, the Ronaldo issue. I think from 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 the outside, the best two the best two players, the best two attacking United players towards the end of last season were Mason Greenwood and Bruno Fernandez. And I've I, for for whatever reason, whether it's form for Fernandez or I just feel like the Ronaldo situation seems to have brought out the worst in them. This I didn't even know about this. Apparently, the, the Greenwood doesn't pass to Ronaldo. I don't understand oh, why that, that comes, but. Talk of the of the training ground, they're not getting on, are they? But then he's he's the one that he's the one that's been shifted out to the right, which then did every and then did, that puts Sancho. I mean, I know Sancho hasn't started the, the, the year off with, with a bang, but then obviously you've signed the guy to play there. He then gets put on because they don't want to put they don't want to take Greenwood out of the squad. I mean, what's happened to Bruno Fernandez? It just feels like he's he's now no longer the, the number one man. And he's just, and he just, he just dropped off a cliff. I don't, I don't understand. But that, that's just the way that that team's playing. I feel like if you were going to buy Ronaldo and play and play with Ronaldo up front, I don't, look, I don't necessarily subscribe to this. This is Ronaldo's problem. But you've got to, you've got to play as a team. He's got, he's got to know he's part of the team, and his part of the team when he came was to put the ball in the net. But he's got to have players around him that are going to help him. But I just don't think at the minute that United, United are even close to that. And at the beginning of the season. Fernandez was playing, Greenwood was playing up front. They didn't have the Rashford problem because he was injured. Um, and United just seemed to play better as a team. And all right, they were playing Leeds and Newcastle and teams that they'd absolutely walloped the season before as well. But you're right, nobody like Varane had come in and weren't making errors at the back. But then all of a sudden, that's Varane's come out, that's cha- a couple of bits have changed. And it's just like, United just looked like they've gone back to square one again. But that is, that is ultimately the manager. I just I I really people... look at the way that things turned around at Chelsea when they got rid of Fran Lampard. And, you know, things can go from a real mess to, oh, actually, these are quite good players, aren't they, very quickly. And I do just look at Ollie and think he's the common denominator. And he's the, he's, I, I mean, it's, you know, I'm sort of fundamentally against sacking your manager. It's not the United way in my mind. You know, United had one manager for, <laughs> for most of my lifetime. And then I, I don't know how it'll play. I mean, what do you think will happen, Ross? Well, I mean, the the other thing with Ole, he, he's going to go, isn't he, at some point, sometime soon. I, it, there is no, uh, there is not a chance that he's getting through to the end of the season. Let's just say that now. Well, I mean, he's already on thin ice as it is. He's got to go on an unbelievable run to even turn that round. I mean, and just, just and the, the next few games, what well, we got, Chelsea, City. We got two Champions League games against decent clubs. Uh, it's not. It's not really going to happen, is it? I'd love it, you to go an unbelievable run in the next five games and beat City and Chelsea. I really would do. <laughs> Absolutely, really would but do. we're not going to, are we? Because again, we're going to set up the same way that we did against Liverpool against City. We'll get absolutely. It's like Gary Neville. So that's one thing I did agree with Gary Neville. It's not about when we play City. Yeah, we could get beat one nil. Not on paper, doesn't look that great. But City could just. They could just absolutely just. Have us on the end of a string, do whatever we want, we just tease us and torment us constantly throughout the game. And that, that's the worry. It's, like you say, sometimes well, that, it's not the, that was the, the worst thing about that Liverpool game, wasn't it? I mean, that last 20 minutes, <laughs> Liverpool really, they, like, they could have absolutely torn us apart. It could have been 10 0. Chose, like, chose not to. Bothered. Yeah. yeah, chose not to. That's the worst thing about it. Um, <laughs> City, I mean, City, City did that to Chelsea. And Chelsea played with three central central defenders, three, three very good central defenders. And I, I, I mean, 
I mean, I'd, probably wasn't enough criticism of Chelsea after that game, but City just completely dominated that game against Chelsea. So, I mean, I mean, you're right, unless something drastically changes. I mean, the one thing you've, you've said, you two have said more than often, is that Solskjaer does have a very good record against Guardiola. Yeah, but that was, that was setting up on the counter, wasn't it? That was setting up with a, we're going to set up here and then we're going to, we're going to counter very quickly. We're Martial playing through the middle, Rashford one side and James on the other, well, just pacing behind. And then that was how we go. But that, that's not going to happen now, is it? We're not going to set up that way. Unless, unless something drastically changes. I mean, the other thing for me that's damning as well for, for Solskjaer is the fact that Fergie was at the training ground. Um, that is it's really backward steps if we're having to do this. I'm, I'm not against him being around the club, but I just think if you have to get someone else in to talk to your players for you, uh, well, it's, like, it's, like, it's like being a supply teacher in high school and shouting the, the full yeah, time. Getting you to come in now. You, you've never got the respect to them kids. It's just for that five minutes that they've listened to you. You, you come in the next day, the same thing's going to happen. And that, that's, that's the ultimately telling thing for me. Well, he but said that, he wasn't. They said he wasn't. Although, because I would sent you that message, he said he was there. Apparently, he wasn't there because David Gill was apparently at the training ground as well yesterday. But they weren't there because they were there for something else. It was already prearranged. But I mean, believe believe as much but, as that as, as you want to believe. But I've read that he talked to the players. I just think it's a it's a it's a damning incitement. It's, it's just this is this is the end of the line for him, really. And it, he's on borrowed time now. But I, I love the guy and I like the guy and I wanted him to really succeed. But I just think. Now he's at a point where he has the players with, with the with the ability to go and do something. He can't get the best out of them. And it's like but that's, that's that's what I enjoyed about the aftermath of the not that I enjoyed it, but the chat. Gary Neville was deluded and would just wouldn't say anything negative about Solskjaer or Ronaldo. What I would say on that, just as an aside, I really don't mind Gary Neville sticking up for his mate. And I I don't understand why people seem to think Gary Neville's opinion really matters. Like, no, I thought Man United. It's sort of like people really hold up like the when will Neville call for Solskjaer to be sacked? And it's like, well, he's not going to sack a call for his mate to be sacked. He also doesn't make the decision, so it doesn't like he's just a pundit, isn't he? Yeah, and I, I, look, I, I don't think. I, I just think you have to accept what he said after that game with Pinch of Salt. That you win the, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, he's not going to say anything negative about all. He's not going to say anything about negative about Ronaldo. So in terms of giving objective opinions at that time, he wasn't going to give it. Whereas Carragher, he has no ties to Manchester United. Sooness, I mean, that's one of the first times I've actually listened to Sooness and thought, you know what, you've been, you've not banged on about Pogba for, like you've actually said something that's decent to listen to. And that, I just, Carragher, Carragher said it perfectly. United have always had, like Gary Neville says, best in class at the minute. Ollie's, Ollie's not the worst manager in the world, but at the same time, he's not the best manager in the world. You can say that United need better players and this and that, but you also have to accept that you have to say United need a better manager. And just at this time, we need a better manager. For the last two, think- three seasons, we maybe, we've maybe got away with not having the best manager, but now, and like he said, Michael Carrick, Kieran McKenna, they've got no coaching experience. No, we have kind of fudged it a little bit looking back now at the time. You, you, you maybe think at the time, oh, we've got this young dynamic upcoming coaching team that are, that can learn and grow and take us to the next level. But I mean now with hindsight, you can say possibly that, that was the thing I disagreed about actually. So broadly speaking, I agreed with what Carragher and Sears were saying, but I do feel like you know, I mean you mentioned the fact that Ollie's undermined by the fact that he has to get um he has to get the big boy, he has to get Ferguson to come in. 
and tell them off every now and again to try and instill a bit of discipline or whatever. And it, I, I think you undermine Ollie even more if you start telling him who his coaches are. I think you either get rid of Ollie or you stick with him and you allow him to do it his own way and he lives and dies on that, you know. Oh yeah, I agree. I agree. Bringing someone in now is the wrong wrong. You can't bring yeah. you can't say you've got to bring an assistant in to help you now. That that is totally wrong. Yeah, I agree. It should have been done right at the start. If but any. I mean, Mike Feel. Everyone was sort of celebrating Mike Feel and coming back with him. You know. But then I I, I think maybe mentioned it last year. Mike, where, you never see Mike feeling. He's not. He's not sat in the. Yeah, he's not. You know. Not, I mean, that is, again, that goes back to Ollie. If, if, I mean. Also, we don't really know what goes on. So, I mean, maybe he's more involved than, than we think. Maybe he's less involved than we think. He's not the one sort of sat with them. It, 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 it's always on the side of the touchline. It's always Carrick, McKenna and Ollie who seems to be like the sort of brains trust making the decisions, isn't it? Yeah, that's that's my point. If, if, I think but if that's Ollie's decision, not. surely. And, you know, if that's a wrong decision, that's Ollie's wrong decision. But then feeling again was a late addition to the, to the setup, wasn't yeah. it? Didn't come in immediately with, with Ollie. He was a late addition. So again, that was kind of. I think sometimes it, you've got. To, sometimes when when Solskjaer comes in, and it, it is a humongous job. And sometimes you just think you get six months down the line, you go, I, you know, I, I just need, I need some, I need somebody else to do, to do this. Because what you don't want to do is you just bring a load of people in with you at the beginning and go, I'm going to need this, I'm going to need this, I'm going to need this, and then it turns out three months down the line, you go, actually. He's just putting the cones out. He's not even he's not talking. <laughs> he's, just, he's just putting the cones out. You don't really want to just have somebody around who just puts the cones out. Whereas actually, three like when you get a bit further in, you go actually, do you know what? This is we want to do this with this, or this is what we want, or we need we need this, or somebody's got experience of this. I'll bring them in. But all right, you don't want to bring somebody in who's just been walloped five nil at home because then that does smack a bit. Well, it of, screams of panic, yeah, and desperation. Yeah. And then I think one of the you look at Liverpool. You got a, a, a coach into coach you had to set throw-ins. Like there, there, there's no, there's nothing wrong with with going. Oh, we could improve in this area. Let's get someone in to improve us in this area. I'm not the best person. Look, I don't want to be. I don't want to be. Let's all slag Ollie off because I do think if you look back at his time, he has took us from Mourinho, dull, dreary. Let's all be about him. We had a good period during Ollie, and he and he has improved the squad. And I think the squad is a decent squad, and a squad mainly full of players that you actually want at the club, whereas there was a time where it wasn't. So I think, yeah, he's done a good job. I don't want to just go, oh, he's absolutely terrible. I think he has done a good job, but you just have to get to the point where, sorry, we want to go to the next level. We need something a little bit better than you now. It's like, link, it's like the link situation. It's like, I was just going to say, it's like, and I get this, You don't, no, no pundit wants to sit there and go, oh, that manager should be sacked or that manager should be sacked. But ultimately, there becomes a point where you need a better manager. Like United aren't going to stick with Jesse Lingard playing up front because Jesse Lingard is not good enough, isn't a good enough striker for what for what United want to do. So they need a better striker. Solskjaer isn't is has, has come to a point. Yeah, brilliant. He's come to a point, and this is where he's up to. But United need a better manager for the for that playing squad. So they need somebody else. And whether yeah. that be they move him upstairs and and bring somebody else in, I don't really know how Solskjaer feel about being moved upstairs, but. He wants to do a good job for the team, and he's actually really good at bringing the players in. And it's his decision about the players. Then you're right; that might be that. That might be what he needs, and it, they just need to bring somebody else in. Maybe, maybe Solskjaer was the stopgap after the Mourinho debacle, and now you go. He's t- he, this is his, this is as long as it's going to go. Well, if you look back as well, like 
obviously Solskjaer came in and when he first came in, we went on that unbelievable run, didn't we? Obviously the the PSG game where we came back and won and then there was all this euphoria. And then it was, I think the United board kind of got, I, I feel like they, they chickened out and making a big decision as well. They, they kind of got backed into a corner of getting swept along with this Ollie hype train. Um, and then we kind of went, we, the, 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 we went down that, that road, didn't we? Whereas I think, say if Solskjaer would have come in, we maybe lost a couple, drew a couple, won, won a couple, and it would have been a kind of a average kind of interim manager's job. Then we wouldn't have gone with him. We maybe would have got Pochettino or something like that. So, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, the away form—you haven't lost to get. You haven't lost a, a was it a Premier League game in thirty games away from home? Now I know that the flip. Somebody said the flip side of that: well, you've lost eight times at Old Trafford during that time. But any for to, to go thirty games away from home and not lose, and for it to be the biggest, I think was it ended up being the biggest away. Winning, running the Premier League. That's some feat. Yeah, yeah, he got the record, yeah. No, it's not. Like I say, he's done some good things. Not going to say it's been completely negative, but you are now just looking at it, This, this, especially with this group of players that you've got. And like I said, I think, for me, um, two damning things. I like Van der Beek being bought, and then he's hardly got, he's hardly got a kicker to get the ball at all. Um and, and and like I say, you can't say. Hello, hello, hello. Still the, there, the, the mention of Van der Beek and, he, <laughs> and he's lost his internet connection. Hello. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I said so. Van der Beek, Van der Beek not playing. You can't say Fred and McTominay have been ripping it up and he, he, there's no way he could get in that team. They haven't, so he possibly could have played. Now, so that, that one signing has kind of not worked out. Um, and I think Van der Beek should probably, he should probably just give him a run of games just to see where he is actually at. Give him someone 20 minutes here and there, you're, not, you're never going to see. And then now Sancho... Well, Van der Beek, I mean, you know, he's, to be honest, earlier on you were criticising the idea of Ronaldo being annoyed if he wasn't playing. And Van der Beek in, on the slide looks like the guy that seems to be happy to put up with it. No, but I think he's been a good team player. I think he's got right. Okay, I'm well, not where's that getting, where, where's that getting his career, and where's that getting Manchester United? No, but you don't know what he's been told, do you? Well, but he's, he's not been told you're not playing this weekend. Pretty much every weekend, and and he seems to be happy to take that. And no, no, because now you see more and more of his frustrations come out. But then you still that's it. You can be personally frustrated, but not take it out of the team, can't you? Or you can start that's playing me. better, do so well in training that they have to play you. Yeah, but he's never. But if you've never been given a chance to actually play in a game, he's never starting a game. He's never been given two, three games, four. Every every pundit always goes, "Oh, if you want to see how someone's playing, you've got to give them a run in the team. You can't just get ten minutes here, ten minutes there. There's got to be a point. Be, you're going to play the next three, four games for us. He can't be any worse than Fred, and at least playing five that's, games so you figure so you figure that bit out. That's my point. And then the other thing, Sancho, now we've got him in. We spent £80 million on him. If I've signed someone for £80 million on Football Manager, I don't know, it's not real life. He's starting my first 10 games. I was talking to a lad at uh, Teddy's Football, he's a City fan. And obviously they signed Grealish for £100 million. And he said he thinks Pep's been quite clever and just gone, right, Jack, I'm going to give you the first however many games and it's up to you to prove that you deserve to be in that team. 
And then once, whether he shines or whether he fails, then he then he can he's got a big enough squad to then say, well, I've, I've given him the chance to take him out. Blah blah blah. Sancho's what what's he getting? Twenty minutes there, forty five minutes there. He's not getting anywhere near enough. I just think now, and like I said at the start, when we said like with Billy Gilmore and Brandon Williams, I know it's not the same league, but if you, if you don't make a good start at a, at a club, it's a real struggle to get it back and start being that man again. I just think that could end up being a bit of a flop of a signing. I think we we did really well to get Jaden Sancho. Uh, I, I now I now think these more these starting to become more negatives than positives for Oli to stay. Is what I would say. Well, uh, yeah, I, I I agree. I completely agree. Uh, what I would say is, in all the time the Glazers have been running United, whenever we've changed managers, every single time they've had someone lined up straight away. Even if it is Ollie or Ryan Giggs to the end of the season, it's been, oh, you know, tonight today we're announcing manager sacked. By the way, here's our new manager. So I sort of, I'd be intrigued to see what they do. Because at no point, they haven't at any point gone, right, we're going to sack the manager and Kieran McKenna and Michael Carrick are in charge until we find someone, have they? So I imagine feelers are getting put out there at the moment about who can replace him. So I think he'll probably reckon... survive for a few weeks yet. You know, whenever yeah. that when's the international break is sort of an obvious time. And if yeah. he was to get some wins, it would like, I I could foresee him clinging on till the end of the season. I, I think I... he's probably got until you if you don't if you go if, you, if the run continues, you don't qualify for the, as soon as you don't qualify for the Champions League. That's, oh yeah, that, yeah. That's all that's when, that that's when he'll get the but you have you have to make that decision. It's either November or it's probably or it's probably the Champions League qualification because there's eight games in December. And there's only two, I think there's only two after after the games on New Year's Day. There's only two Premier League games until the end of um, Liverpool have only got two Premier League games in January until the until between the second of Jan I think and the 29th of January. There's only two games. And it's the, the trouble games. is they've uh, they've kind of played the um, we'll give it to a club legend for the end of the season card twice now. I'm not sure he's really sure you can do that again. And yeah, so, and I I also think not obvious who the who you who you bring in. Well, I also there's no experienced assistant manager there either, is there? That you could go well, we'll we'll get rid of the top guy and we'll we'll leave it with the assist. Like you're not going to give it Mike Feeling. You're not going to give it Mike Feeling. Right? That's that's the thing. No. It's not you can't give it the the ex the ex club legend the club legend. And you can't. There's no one within the coaching staff that you go. Well, he's. He's been around enough that we could go. No, no. Paul Scholes is too busy biting his own daughter's toenails. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, I, I, I don't. I mean, at the start of the season, there was lots of. Oh, it's going to be good. This, isn't it? It's going to be Liverpool, uh, City, Chelsea, United, all all fighting out for the title. It'll be a four-horse race. We're all much for muchness, blah blah blah. And I just think it is. It's one of. I mean. You get, I know. I keep saying about football, mate, but you'll know from playing football. You, like you, you, you start a season well, then all of a sudden when it dips and you go on these little runs, it's so hard to bring it. It is incredibly difficult to bring it round unless something changes massively. Unless it is like when uh, when Conte came in at uh, Chelsea and then he suddenly changed from four two three one to a three at the back, and that suddenly elevated them and took him. So unless he's going to do something dramatic, change his formation, change his tactics again, which I can't see him doing. Or this is a change of manager, really. Yeah. Well, the, I mean, you, 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 you could. I was going to say, well, you could. If the central midfield isn't going to work, then you could end up just going back to back three and try and shore it up. And then I think you could play Fred and McTominay in midfield, or you could play Fred and Pogba, or McTominay and Pogba 
because you've got an extra centre of a defender. But you then obviously the, you then lose the fact you've just got an abundance of attackers. You've got so many attackers that you that that to find three of them that could play together at the minute you, that could take the rest of the season because then well, you would that... have to potentially drop Fernandez or can Fernandez and, and and Ronaldo play very well and then obviously Rashford isn't going to play and then you've got to play Sancho because you've just spent eighty million quid on him. So something something ultimately has got to change. The other thing is you need Varane back desperately. Yeah, Maguire. Maguire's so out of form. I mean, Maguire's a bit of a mess at the moment, isn't he? I mean, he's probably been rushed back, hasn't he, from injury? Yeah. But then, like, why is Bailly not playing? I mean, why do why do we send Suen Zabi out on loan? Like, there's these things that you can look. But I mean, it's all great in hindsight, isn't it? Saying it, but like I say, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. It's not like when I look back at Mourinho's time at United, I absolutely hated it. I'm not going to look back on Solskjaer's time at United and go, "Oh, that was terrible." I think yeah, lots I, of positive. I think he'll he'll still be a club legend, won't he? I think he'll still be someone who, if he sort of if he was to appear at Old Trafford for some whatever reason, I think he would be given the real hero's welcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I totally agree, and I also think, I mean, he'll never do it, but I mean, if it might be even worth him resigning just to save some face as well, just to say. But then again, no that, that sets no you up. That sets you up. But I don't think I'm a great manager, and I can't do it, doesn't it? So, yeah. But no, I, I, it's t- it'll be interesting to see how long how long they wait. I think, but it's very much make or break, isn't it? You feel like this. You feel like there isn't going to be another point in the season where he's, this is going to happen again. He's either going to make it work from now, or, yeah. the, or, or the next the next few weeks are going to be the end of him. You feel like if. If, well, yeah. I mean, if I was advising Ollie, I'd say to him, "Look, you pick. You pick the team you want to pick. Pick whatever. Don't worry about anything else because you're kind of in last chance saloon. You're probably going to lose your job anyway. If you think the best way to set United up is to play on the counter and not include Ronaldo, then do it because you don't want to sort of get sacked and then be thinking, oh, what if I just backed myself and done it the way I always wanted to do it?' And you know, I think he just needs to." I, yeah, you've got, you've, got to say to, you've got to say to him, look, if you want to be here in 10 years' time and you want to become this legendary manager of Manchester United, you've got to forget the players that are around now. It's about you making sure you're still there in 10 years' time, isn't it? As opposed to... listening to Paul Merson. Uh, listening, to, listening to Paul Merson. He was saying that basically one of his old managers had once said to him, look, at the start of the season, write down what you think your best starting eleven is on a piece of paper... And then put that in your drawer. And when it gets to a point in the season when you're really under pressure, when you're really you're getting it from all ends, and it's impossible to think clearly, you can you know you can get it, open that drawer, look at your best eleven, and just pick them. And you know, I, I sort of feel like Ollie's kind of at that stage now where he just needs to do whatever he thinks is right with a, and try and think with a clear head. And then the consequences will be the consequences, and they're sort of out of his control. But uh, it's just hard to it's hard to foresee. It seems a very long road from where we are right now to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer lifting the Premier League title as manager of Manchester United, isn't it? Yeah, I mean the one thing we've not spoke about. Just moving away. Um, what did you make of Pogba's reaction to his red card, Simon? Well, I, I thought the whole. I mean, the guy was only on the pitch for fifteen minutes. I, I thought the whole thing is is a mess. His, his head's clearly gone. I, I partly don't blame him for not signing a, a new contract yet. I mean, I, if I was him, I'd be waiting to see how it how it plays out. Um, I'd, look, he, he's a frustrating player. He's we signed him thinking he was going to become the best midfielder in the world. That hasn't happened. 
he's someone who kind of works in a certain situation on certain days. Um, but you've kind of got to manage manage his ego. You've kind of got to manage his agent. And if, you know, in a way, worst case scenario for United is he leaves on a free at the end of the season. And I've reached a stage where I don't really think that's that bad a situation anymore. I'd rather that than... Like, I wouldn't get forced into a corner of paying him 500 grand a week. But no, yeah, I, I just thought, I just thought his, his, his grin was not what was... No. I just I mean, think he's really not what you want in the trenches with you, is he? No, you've come on at 4-0 down. You've, you've two-footed someone, which you, you know is going to be a red card. It's not like something petty has happened. You can really look, go, oh, referee's absolutely made a... Like, what can be, what could he be thinking? It was a certain red. He's done it knowing it's a certain red. Then he's walked off grinning. I just think, I mean, all this, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Now, that's that. I think now, yeah, like, I think now's probably the best time to. It's just another, it's just another distraction. Just another, I think, I think that was what I think we'd, we'd probably all said that the way that he'd handled Pogba in, in the last season or so, he, that Ollie had done that really well. And it wasn't, it wasn't the Ronaldo situation now where it's either, where it wasn't, um, it wasn't him or did we, did we play him or not? I think it, like the fact that Pogba was left out, there wasn't a huge amount of problems about being left out on Sunday because he'd left him out. But like now he just, he'd just become another distraction, not signing or not signing his contract, just just cut your losses and go. If he wants a massive signing on bonus with somebody, then more more fool them for whoever it does that decides to pay him all that money wherever he wants to go. So, mm. Yeah. Well, talk about Ollie losing his job. I'll, I'll have to leave this soon before I lose mine. And then go and film work. <laughs> right. Well, let's leave it there then. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. Good to speak. Speak to you later. See you bye. later. Bye. Bye. bye bye. Thanks for listening to the Three Thirds Mank, One Third Scouse podcast. Give it a like, give it a share, and let us know what you think on Twitter at Mank3. That's at M A N C. T-H-R-E-E and keep listening for more new podcasts every week.